back to the Asylum Plus podcast. My name is Josh Watford, and across the table from me is... John Nicholson, back with you. In the flesh. Uh, thankful that y'all are only listening to him, but I have to look at him. So. <laughs> y'all pray for Josh, please. Yes, pray I for will, Josh. I will be the mediator between uh, John and the rest of the world here. Oh, uh, my gosh. So Easy there. My Easy. face glows after our conversation, but I don't know which color it's glowing. Okay. Uh, we're, we're bordering on blasphemy at this point, so... <laughs> We better we better re- retrace our steps here and get back on track. Yeah, getting uh, off on a really good good foot to start with. That's, that's how we usually work right here. Um, but yeah, so uh, we can dive right on in. We've been talking about Ephesians. Yeah, uh, I know this past week. I don't know when this podcast will come out, but uh, this past week we had the uh, lovely honor of having Miss Elizabeth Wells with us. Uh, yeah. So we didn't dive into Ephesians, but uh, I was just grateful for. Um, her talking about legacy and and what it's meant to her and and how we as a church can continue that. Uh, but you know, it does fit the Ephesians conversation. I think it does. Yeah. One of the things. Yeah. Uh, what a beautiful story. I mean, you know, she started out with the. I just what a great quote. God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things for Him. I, and I, I love that quote. But then she 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 fleshed that out for us with the story of a lady whose name I had never heard mm-hmm. associated with the life of our church, Miss Murtis Gleaton. And, um, you know, Miss Murtis was just one of those, you never would notice her. She was not going to be on a billboard. Nobody was going to write books right. about who she was. She was just a faithful, gentle-hearted servant of the church. And gave her a quilt and how it had become a treasured possession for Elizabeth and now for her daughter who lives up in uh, Virginia, I believe she said. But, uh, again, just that... Those those small things that we take and we think, this really doesn't count for much. This doesn't mean anything. It has mm. no real lasting significance. But then you hear that story of how 50 years later, that one moment continues to shine in her life and now in her children and children's children's lives. Yep. Um, that's a powerful picture of what God's up to in our lives as we place our hands, our lives in His hands. Yeah, going back to chapter one, I feel like that is her being the fullness of Christ yeah. uh, to everyone. So, yeah, I mean, that was just a, a beautiful, not just an illustration. I mean, yeah. that was real life stuff that, yeah. that went on with her. Uh, but I think it illustrates these truths for us. Um, and just thankful for her. Um, even though we weren't in the text of Ephesians, I felt like we got. Yeah, we were Ephesians. still living that out. Yeah. You know, and it's been so good along with that. You know, one of the other things, as we were talking about with the Paul's prayer, how that's a prayer that comes out of a lot of maturity, a lot of a lot of long journey, a lot of long thought yeah. uh, over these people. And you know, we got to see that firsthand. And you know, Miss Wells' story was was one among many that I heard over the week. Weekend from our Judson women who were here with us for J Day and Rose Sunday celebration, and you know these are stories. There was one lady who, you know, she was a Judson grad from back in the fifties, and you know we're talking seventy plus years now, but she still has those fond memories. And, and I just think about those long track things, and it, it got me thinking personally about what are we doing right now in individuals' lives that is going to bear fruit thirty years, forty years, fifty years on down the line, long yeah. after we're dead and gone but it's going to continue to have kingdom impact that's that's a i think that's a worthy pursuit for I us i think so i think so well so i talked about kingdom impact so therefore yeah <laughs> you're starting to sound like paul now 
<laughs> diving into the text of Ephesians, we're in Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. I uh, don't know how much of that we'll actually get to dig into today. Uh, but So here's the kickoff question for you, John. All right. I like kickoff analogies. What does the discussion about Gentiles and Jews and circumcision and uncircumcision have to do with me? With you a whole lot if you're in Christ. Yeah. Because it's what we once were but what we now are. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I think that's just such a vital thing that that's there. Uh, you know, obviously this would have resonated much better with Paul's original hearers because they were living that out. The difference between Gentile and Jew, and mm-hmm. circumcision and uncircumcision, that was just part of their cultural uh, divisions. environment divisions. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just what they lived. That was the neighborhood they lived in. That was their zip code. Uh, we have to do some translation work culturally for us to get hold of that. Um, but I think it's not a big stretch for us to do that because uh, we understand those things that would divide us, yep. uh, whether it's Alabama and Auburn football or yep. Democratic and Republican politics yep. or, you know, you name it. Uh, whatever those things that would divide us, his, his the whole thrust of this is is that those division walls are being broken down. And it's not through what we're doing. It's through what is God's action. Yeah. Because uh, all the verbs here are, are pointing towards what he's done. He himself right. is our peace. He's the one that's broken down the wall. He's the one who has been building us together and so forth. You know, it's all the things that God's doing in us to, to create something new, this new family, this new mm-hmm. creation, this eighth day Christians that we are. I love that yeah, term. You're starting to preach now. Well, yeah, well, I'm just <laughs> using some of your terms because I, I do. I love that that image that you have have planted in my heart anyway, the idea that we're we're eighth-day people. We're, mm-hmm. This is the new creation that we get to be a part of. And the church is the forerunner of that. And so what was once divided, we now – and we're seeing that here in the life of our church. I think so. Um, you know, it's, there was some uh, – you know, I, I think back to recently – um, you know, with the, the death of Irma Jean uh, Harris's son and that funeral that occurred here, you know, Doug Vance stopped me at the end of that day and he said, "We need to circle this day on the calendar, yeah, because it was an important day." And and as that day was winding down, I know we're not necessarily in the text, but we're getting at some of the things here about that piece. I pulled Irma Jean aside at the end of that day. You know, we they fed. 400 people here in, in this church, you know, and, uh, you know, just people that were everywhere. And, um, and you know, Norma Jean had spent the day, you know, with so many people that were caring for her. And I just got her to come and sit down, and I just thanked her because, I mean, she's now been a part of our church family for almost six years. But without her having taken that step, and it was a difficult step for her to take, mm-hmm. um, to come and, and intentionally invest her life in the life of this church, what happened on that day would not have happened. And I continued. You know, this has been a month and a half ago now, but I continue to have people that stop me and have conversations with me. I had a conversation with another African-American lady this morning that is planning to come and visit with us. Um, and largely because some of those kinds of things have happened. Those yeah. dividing walls are being broken down. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It really is. And we can try to come up with... <laughs> All types of ways. We to, did. To, to, <laughs> we tried. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I don't know who you mean by we. I'm just talking about society in general. Right. We try to come up with ways to bring people together to create peace. Um, however, uh, those fail at some point. Yeah. And the only true peace comes from 
he himself, That's Jesus, yeah, verse 14. he himself is our peace. And so without that commonality, without him being the bedrock, the foundation of our, of our peace, of our reconciliation, um, then, then we're going to miss what needs to be done at the foundational level in our society. So, you know, we can try to come up with certain government programs that try to do this or that and so, so on and so forth. You can just go down the list. Uh, but without Christ himself, there is no peace without him. That's right. Because, and we're talking about this in uh, the, the other study that we're doing, uh, Becoming Whole, and just a preview to that, they say that we're a four-pronged uh, wheel, I guess you could say. And the prongs are our relationship with God, our relationship with ourself, our relationship with others, and our relationship with all of creation. And, and when one of those spokes in that wheel is broken, everything else yeah, falls It affects apart everything too. else. Yeah. And the fundamental problem that... Uh, the you know people who are without Christ have uh, that their fundamental problem is their relationship with God, and because their relationship with God's broken, all the other relationships in their life are broken as well. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they can't ever have friends or that all right. uh, they're just you know they destroy the rest of creation and you know they hate themselves. Uh, however, when our relationship with God is broken, those other relationships are unhealthy. And so when we come to a text like this and we see that he is our peace, he is the one who reconciles us to God, that's the first reconciliation that has to happen. Because, you know, and, and we talk about, you know, kind of the, the talking point right now is race relations. Mm -hmm. Well, there are so many other dividing points other than just race. Sure. Uh, I think one that we deal with on a regular basis is so socioeconomic divisions. Uh, a lot of us tend to maybe look down on uh, people who are um, uh, who have less things or less money than we do, and we tend to uh, also snub our noses to people who have more mm -hmm. than we do. And you know, just we have certain uh, stereotypes that we place these people in without actually loving the person. And you know, I, I feel like that's something that I tend to wrestle with quite often. As I well. think everybody does. Yeah. Uh, and, but but anyways, I, all I'm saying all that to say that whatever div division that you struggle with, Jesus breaks down that wall. Right. He breaks down that wall, and he himself becomes our peace, our foundational. Uh, um, uh, relationship that we can have that fuels all other relationships. Right, yeah. right. And to Paul's point here, and, and I think to kind of get back to the text of what he's right, dealing right. with here, that division between Gentile and, and, and Jew was not just racial or, nope. you know, uh, identity politics or whatever. Yeah. It had to do with who was in and who was out, who who were God's people and who yeah, were not. This is a theological It is a issue. theological term. Now, and, and so we that's a point where these divisions that we experience yeah. and that we are familiar with in our neighborhood, that breaks down here. Yeah. Because whether you're an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan, although I might think it does, but it doesn't impact <laughs> your salvation, right? You know, I mean it doesn't impact whether you are loved by God or not, or that right. you even have access to God or not. Um, this division of Gentile and Jew had exactly that. Yep. 
And so what Paul is saying here, and, and it's dynamite on both sides of the equation here, because the Jews are going to think, because, you know, for ages now, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do the quick math in my head, but for a long, long time, you know, they, they were just God's chosen people. They were the people. They were the inheritors of the promise. They were mm-hmm. the people of covenant. And Paul talks about that. Yeah, absolutely. And the Gentiles, they were without hope. They didn't have access to that. Yeah. But now, because of Jesus, he's broken down, as he says here, that dividing wall mm-hmm. of hostility. Hostility toward God, but also hostility one towards another. And, and that's now gone in Christ. And so it's, it's an explosive thing on both sides. Jews all of a sudden are having to look at these outsiders who have become insiders. Yeah. And these outsiders who are now insiders are looking at these folks that have been insiders all their life and now mm-hmm. thinking, how do I engage with you rightly now? What does this look like? Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's just really an incredible, bigger picture than sometimes we want to think about. And one of the things that helped me was that, you know, you, you can't compare, uh, like if we're trying to bring this into modern day, we can't say, we as Christians can't identify with the Jews mm-hmm. and say that the lost people are the Gentiles right. necessarily. Those correlations don't, don't work. Uh, and so whenever you think about it that way, there's been you know multiple times throughout history, uh, there's probably less so today, but I'm pretty sure it's still out there, of people who would say that, well, these this certain group of people are too far gone, and they it, it's, it's kind of pointless to take the gospel over there. Uh, you know, if you look at the statistics of the Muslim world right now, and you talk to Melissa, who we just had uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you t- talk to her about how long she's been over there and how few in number uh, conversions, like actual conversions, that she has personally seen. You would be tempted to say, "We're wasting our time." Yeah, we're. You know, if if you want to put a dollar amount on that type of stuff. You know, if you're thinking strictly as a business person, that's not that good of an investment. Right. So, but when you come to a text like this, you realize, hey, I'm a Gentile, and the vast majority of the people in the Middle East are Gentiles as well. Mm -hmm. People who follow Allah are Gentiles as well. I'm grouped into this same group. Well, and interestingly, in this passage in, in chapter 2, verse 11 uh, and following, Paul really makes the case, and he'll make this case over in Romans as well, that we're really all in the same group. Well, right, yeah. Because yeah. he says he might reconcile us both to God through the cross, killing hostility. And he came, and he says mm-hmm. in verse 17, preach peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Mm-hmm. We both needed him. Oh, yeah. And that's that's the key, I think that, and, and that that's what does break down this wall, I think, for us that we all realize that whatever division, whatever you know, stripe we want to put on it, we all still have the same basic need of being rightly reconciled to God, and yeah. the only way to do that is through Christ, and that's exactly what He has offered us in Christ. That's right, and you know, when we read something like this, it's it's just a reminder to me going back to the statement. I said just a few minutes ago that I I can't write anybody off. That's right. Because it they may have no hope and are without God. 
but so was I. Right. And I grew up in church. Right. And I was in the same boat. So uh, you were near, yeah. but you weren't in until mm-hmm. you come to Christ. That's right. And I'm just, I just marvel at the fact that, you know, getting to verse 18, that through Jesus, me, a sinner, saved by grace, turned into a saint mm-hmm. now, uh, have access in one spirit to the Father. Yeah. Through Jesus, by the Spirit, coming to the Father. And, uh, and I'm no longer a stranger or an alien. I'm a fellow citizen. It's pretty amazing. Oh, man. That's that's just good stuff. (laughs) And we can walk off into the Trinity and all those kinds of things there. There's so many beautiful facets to what Paul is is unpacking here. To move us on to the next section of this passage in Ephesians, I just love how Paul ends up talking about us as the church, Mm. us as the temple built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You've been spending a good bit of time thinking about this notion just with doctoral work and some other personal right, studies. Right, right. And it's so, so not just me, but it was just so funny that um, as we were going through the Old Testament with uh, the D group last semester, Zach Thurber is walking through Haggai, of all places. So that's where we were. We walked through the, the Minor Prophets. And he gets to Haggai, and he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> this kid loves Haggai, and Haggai. I've never said that about any youth uh, uh, that I've ever had. Uh, and he came up with a devotion based on Haggai, and he shared it at the Mirren Academy uh, devotion time. And then he came and, to my office, and we kind of worked together a sermon, and he preached on Haggai. How cool. Uh, and really just us being the temple um, a couple weeks ago, and it was just so much fun. He had a blast. I had a blast, and, and I don't think there was too much heresy that, that, we, <laughs> that we spoke. However, this was actually not one of the places that we went to because there were so many other places yeah. in the New Testament and even the Old Testament that talks about us being uh, the temple. Yeah, and it's one of those recurring themes. It's one of those notes that you keep hearing over and over again. Yep, throughout Scripture. Go ahead. Yeah, and this is just a such a beautiful notion of this, uh, or, or just a depiction of this here. Um, and and what's interesting to me is that the Spirit is doing this for Himself. Yeah, like He's taking you, John, and He's He's molding you. He's carving you. It's we don't have... I'm such stubborn wood, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you go back and you look at what it took to build buildings back mm-hmm. then. Today, we can throw up a building in you know a couple of days, right. really. Right. Um, but you, you look back at how not just they built temples, but you know we have some detailed accounts of how some of the cathedrals yeah. were built and how they would... Uh, just carve these stones to be very meticulously placed, and you know I can't even get into all of it because I mean I I hadn't yeah part never of lived myself. that out. Uh, and so I'm missing so much of what Paul probably had in mind uh, 
uh, or just the pictures that he had in mind of us being built into these spiritual temples because it's not just he went God's going down to the hardware store and get a whole bunch of tin and slapping it on the side of a, a wood frame. Right. Like We're calling is, the trailer moving company to, to move your mobile home in. Exactly. This is very detailed, specific work that God's doing in our lives to make us be a part of the whole body, the whole temple. Yeah. And we're just, thankfully, I'm just one of the living stones that Peter calls us uh, to be a part of this grand structure of the church. Okay, this is total rabbit, and this was not anywhere that was on my radar when we rabbit. first started talking about this. But does this, I mean, I, I'm certain that this notion feeds into how church architecture develops through the years. Mm-hmm. And what our current state of church architecture may say about our theology of the people being the church as well. That as well as more of how we have become, you know, very much like our consumer society that it's, you know, throw away or let's redo or just whatever rather mm-hmm. than having something that is enduring uh, a lasting beauty yeah. in and of itself. It's just an interesting thought. Like I said, that was not anything that was on in my thought process as we were going through this, but you bring up the stonemasons in the medieval cathedral building. You know, that was the sort of thing that their grandchildren would attend the grand opening of a cathedral that they would not live to see completed. Right. Um, if even the grandchildren got to do it. Right. Sometimes great-grandchildren or yeah. so. You know, and it's, you know, I, I, one cathedral I know was 500 years in the building. And how how long track that is and what does it take to sustain something like that? And I think that's something that maybe, again, going back to the maturing process of Paul and the maturity that, you know, comes out in his language, that's over long track in his own life. Um, and how we as a culture and society and, and largely as Christians, want those instant results. We want to be fully mature. We want to be completely yeah. patient and full of joy and all those things that come along with the fruit of the Spirit. Right. We want them immediately. Now, there are immediate benefits, but so much of it is this long track work that God's doing in us and um, building us up. So I'm sorry, I chased that rabbit. But oh, no. Just I, like I said, I love rabbits. And I, think that's, I think that's a great rabbit. Um, and there's so much more that we could talk about that. Uh, maybe we can put some articles in the show notes. Yeah, or there we go. Like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. And so um, we as Siloam Baptist Church and the church at large as well, but I think you know, particularly for us, it's just a, a good reminder of where do we stand? Yeah. Are we standing on the sinking sand of uh, trends in the culture or just the whims of the uh, philosophical demands that the culture wants to place on us? Or is, is that where we're at? Or are we standing on the, the solid ground right. of Christ? And I think along with that, the, the other side of that, certainly understanding where we, where we are, uh, what we're building our lives on. But also just waking up to the fact that this is in fact what's happening every time we gather yeah that god is building a place as he closes this particular section in chapter two that you are being built together into a dwelling place for god yeah that's that's what's going on when we get together for wednesday night supper and when we are together on sunday mornings Mm -hmm. or sunday nights or two of us meet down at diane's for you know breakfast or whatever God is in the process of, like you were talking about, shaping and forming, molding, chiseling off the rough edges and getting us so that we can rightly fit together for a place for Him to dwell. Yeah. It's not about us. 
It's about what exactly God, right. he's building a place that he wants to come and dwell. That's, that's just dynamite. Yeah. Well, one of the things I thought about when you're saying that was that when God's chiseling away at us and working us into who he wants us to be, sometimes it may not make sense to us because we're just one piece of the puzzle. Right. right? We're just one living stone in the whole structure. We're just one part of the whole body. And as he's chiseling away in, in this one way, we may think, like, God, what in the world are you doing? Yeah. Why are you taking this out of my life? Why, are, why, why did this not go the way that I thought it should go? And why, why does this going a whole lot better than I thought it would? You know, and so on and so forth. But then likely later on, sometimes we don't get the full picture, but a lot of times later on we say, we, we just look back and say, okay, yep. yeah, I went through that situation so that I could be a part of the body in this way. My, my favorite example of this is Doug Vance, and he will tell you. Oh, yeah. I am where I'm at today, all because of the, all the little things God did in my life, where, you know, in of itself have no clue what that has to do with ministry at all. But when you combine all the stories and all the happenings of, of Doug's life together, uh, he just gets overwhelmed uh, just telling about God's goodness and, and preparing him for yeah. this stage of his life. And I, I can tell you that, or, or he'll tell you that he has no clue, or he had no clue sitting in the hospital after his, his wreck, uh, how that would affect his life for the better for God's kingdom. Yep. And yeah, just all that stuff happening, and, and everybody has their own stories, right? Um, but it's telling those stories and then beginning to see. I mean, because certainly in our church, a Doug Vance, we see, my goodness, how God has shaped him for what he's doing in Siloam right now. Not only Doug yeah. Vance, but what God's doing in Siloam right now. And then we pick up the next story and say, oh, well, let's see how those stories are fitting together now. Yeah, yeah. And God is building something that's, you know, we didn't put all these pieces together. Yep. We didn't come up with a plan to make these things happen. But God has taken all these disparate, strange experiences that all of us have had and has put us together and is building a place, again, that He wants to dwell. That's right. How cool is that? Yep. And so let us be a place where God yeah. dwells. And let's just keep walking with the story. It's beautiful. Man, yeah. I'm enjoying this. This is such a tremendous uh, discussion, and I'm looking forward to continuing to unpack it together through the podcast as well as uh, on Sunday mornings as we have opportunity to preach uh, together through that. And uh, again, that's just been a joyful part, another part of the body at work because you've preached a couple of them. Roger's had a shot at it. Yep. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, who knows who else may before the, uh, the, uh, this journey is over through Ephesians. Yep. So anything else you want to say about Ephesians? Oh, well, there's a lot more to say about Ephesians, but we'll save it for another oh, yeah, day. We're not done yet? <laughs> not done. Not even scratching. Man, we're only through chapter two. That's right. It's getting so good. So, uh, that's wonderful. Uh, look forward to uh, the next podcast with you, John. And uh, y'all keep listening. Keep uh, commenting. Tell us uh, how terrible we are and, and all that kind of stuff and maybe one day we'll get a five-star review from oh, that maybe we'll keep hoping maybe we can keep up a lot hey, again but thank you for your interaction with this and uh, it's a joy for us to be a part of this and we look forward to uh, uh continuing the journey together all right until next time see you